Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guests today are Elizabeth and Neil Carmen. What happened to you before you were born? Elizabeth Carmen and her husband, Neil Carmen, have co-authored three books on this topic of pre birth experiences. Research is based upon interviews with people who have natural, lifelong memories of birth, womb time, conception, and going back to before conception, before identifying with the physical body. Taken together, this information reassures us that there was something before this life, and then there must be something after this life too. This is their story. And this is their passion, Elizabeth and Neil Carmen. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so honoured and excited to have you both on the show today. Welcome. We're very, very happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. Gosh, the research and work you've done is incredible for those of the audience that potentially may not know. What are pre-birth memories? Well, that's a big question. I know. <laughs> We've got a short time frame. But... Huge territory. We think, oh, maybe just some little snippet of time. But yeah. pre-birth memories is anything before birth. That means people who naturally remember. And that's one thing I want to point out. We only researched spontaneous, natural memories from childhood, from babies. They remembered we're not dealing with people who were hypnotized or regressed. And that's valid information also, but we had to zero in. So it's people who remember birth, people who remember being in mama's womb, people who remember mommy and daddy getting together and conceiving them in the back seat of a car. Are you kidding? Wow. And people, when I say people, I'm including children and adults, people who remember prior to conception. Now we're going beyond physical. Those are the physical stages. Conception sort of on the border there. Now pre-conception, we're in the stage of life before the physical world. And that's when we exist as pure spirit or soul. And we have some interesting experiences that people remember and we'd like to share with you about that. So that's we could say pre-birth memory. You could also say past life memory is also, and we do research on that. But this is ba- the basic window for pre-birth. Absolutely fascinating. I, again, I'm asking really big questions in the con. I mean, this could be a whole seminar, but what happens before we are born into our physical incarnation? I'll let Neil say something. <laughs> Well, uh, the uh, incarnating soul or being is definitely hanging around the mother. And uh, we believe that uh, it has a role in conception. 
there are differences of uh, view about whether it actually helps trigger the conception or it actually uh, implants, you might say, part of its soul into the uh, energy of the fertilized egg. Um, and that we have come across a lot of information about that. It might be, you know, just a fraction of the soul's energy. Um, it doesn't take maybe a whole lot, but definitely the, um, the soul or spirit uh, baby it needs to participate in some way in the conception or uh, the conception will not be viable. Even if there's a fertile egg, there's fertile sperm. Um, if, um, if there's not this third, um, you know, participant, Okay, and this is what the Aborigines used to talk about, that they need to uh, have a spirit baby come and participate in the actual uh, biological conception, or it doesn't happen. In the, in, in the sexual act of... Yes, yes. And this is different from the kind of Western medical model or biological model, where you just need a fertile sperm and fertile egg. Uh, because after all, today we do have these so-called test tube babies or in vitro fertilization. And so there's, you know, another debate about that. But we, we believe that you've got to have a third element, which is very critical. And that's the incoming uh, soul or part of it. Amazing. Oh my gosh, I've got so many questions. But aside from the physical act, I know you just mentioned it, but does that include IVF? We have yeah, children who have IVF. We have children mm -hmm. who have IVF memories. Yes. And we prefer people read that in the book. It it can be a little bit of a hot topic. And so the parents, <laughs> parents have gone to their medical doctors involved in the IVF and psychologists asking. Do our children have memories of being conceived in a in a petri dish or some kind of a test tube? And the children have very clear, amazing memories, and uh, they are somewhat disturbing because the children don't understand what is going on any more than they necessarily understand uh, couples engaged in you know sexual intercourse and and conceiving them through that more natural method. So interesting. So what I'm hearing is we definitely choose our biological parents. Do we choose how people talk about a soul's path or a soul's plan or what we're going to do in this life? Have have your has your research um, uncovered well, that? Yes, it has. And we we have even verified accounts that were confirmed by parents that the children remember that moment when they were choosing. So this um, definitely there's different degrees of free will, we could say. Some people might have more free will in planning their parents and what they want to do in this world when they get here. Others may have less. Maybe we could compare it to when we're in school, we're at kindergarten level and, may, and the teachers need to help us and show us what we have to study. But then when we're in PhD level, we're deciding what we want to explore in this world. And we, 
lay out our own path. So there's different maturity of the souls and their ability to choose, but it's not a random thing. There will be guidance if needed to make the proper choices. So it may seem strange to us here because there's so many unusual and maybe we could say unhappy situations and we question, well, why, why would anyone choose that? So there's many ways to um, look at that and answer that question, depending on the maturity of the soul. I mean, I guess you get this question all the time and I've had people say this, I never want to come back to this earth, to life. It's it's a struggle. It's hard. From your research, do we choose to incarnate into our humanness? Um, some do with great enthusiasm. And then you have the other spectrum where someone says, no, no, no. I, I can think of one person, Dennis, remember Dennis' story? Dennis uh, remembers with his guide looking down at earth and he saw all the problems on earth and he says, hey, you know, why don't they send somebody down mm -hmm. there to, you know, help him out and give him some knowledge. And the guide says, oh, we've tried that, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> and suddenly, before you know it, they're asking him, Dennis, you know, you would be a good candidate to go down to earth. And uh, well, yeah. let me say something else. And that is he's seeing all the problems down there and he's saying, well, um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm not going to go down there. I, I, let, let them work on it themselves. You know, they're intelligent. Let them let them take care of their own problems. I, I don't need to go down there. And the guide says, it's very difficult down there. And you're about to realize that and have that experience. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. He, I, I can't leave here. This is just wonderful, this spiritual state I'm in. And the guide says, oh, it won't be very long. 60 or 70 years and Dennis says oh no no and then they look down and they're seeing the parents that the guide chose for him he did not he would not he refused to make a decision so the guide cho chose he's looking down at a wedding scene and wow. uh, we, when we talked to the mother later this was like a year or two prior to when she gave birth to Dennis so he's looking down at a wedding scene and the most bizarre event happened. A man had had too much alcohol and he was swaying and he fell into the wedding cake. And Dennis witnessed all that and said, oh, my God, this is really going to be some kind of life. Look what just happened there at the <laughs> beginning. So anyway, what happened is he remembered this. He came in with full memories of cho uh, not choosing actually actually being coaxed and agreeing okay i'll go and the the um the individual falling into the cake so when he talked to his mother about that she confirmed well how did you know that that was uncle willie and he had too much to drink at the party and fell into the cake yeah so he so he that in. is a very uh <laughs> unusual but these kinds of confirmations are are there we have found many of them like this you spoke just before about the different evolutions of the soul we would have different levels of evolution what do you mean by that well uh there could be uh souls that are coming to earth for the first time um, maybe they haven't been in a human incarnation before and then we encounter people who uh, talk about being here many times and before 
So, and some do have memories of those previous lives, and they may even say that there might be another life or two that they're going to come back and live here at some point in the future. So it's a whole kind of panorama of, of souls that are, that are coming here. I mean, you know, we obviously haven't surveyed the whole planet, but yeah. the more and more, uh, you know, we uh, encounter increasing number of reports among children and adults worldwide. So, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming very common for people out there to have memories. And then, of course, there's a lot of people going through these techniques like hypnosis and so forth. Um, so anyway, uh, they're, they're just like, you know, people in school. There are some people maybe who struggle uh, from grade to grade, and uh, maybe some people fail. Well, and then they have to go back and repeat a grade. And then there's other people who are kind of, you know, oh, this is old hat to me. Uh, this school is so easy. It's boring. So uh, you, you get a whole range of, um, you know, human people reporting different, you know, levels of, of experience in this in this life. OK. And all the souls that reincarnated potentially, we're all at different levels. Some are in kindergarten, some are university level just just like on earth we have different people living different experiences some are very happy some are poor some are rich some are famous some nobody has ever heard of them i mean all the variety so it's going to be a variety also prior to coming in here and being at a different we call it stage of evolution or the ladder of consciousness and some some souls choosing more uh, to be extremely uh, public uh, in their lives, um, like politicians or famous people, celebrities, uh, maybe some famous scientist or doctor. But then you you know, have other people very important, you know, taking care of society with the water systems and the electrical systems and uh, everything. So we you know we have a lot of need for technical people, uh, you know, service oriented people involved in, you know, growing the food and and then delivering it to the cities and to people and uh, people in restaurants. So there's a whole range, you know, you can meet very smart people who are not necessarily highly educated, but, um, you know, uh, like you were in the corporate world. So again, you'll find a range of people uh, they're not all the same. They're all very different. So that's the thing, too, is that there can be many, many differences, uh, even within a family. We both come from, you know, large families and, uh, you know, all of our, you know, brothers and sisters are very different. You spoke before about spirit guides. What's your experience on your research with spirit guides and angels? Well, they are helping the assisting the process of the incarnation to earthly life and sometimes as in the case of dennis he i guess his time was up in the spiritual world and it was time to come here and so the angel or the guide basically said you don't have a choice because dennis was resisting um and, and so uh, i think of one story i'd like to share where Rennie 
Rennie Biker. We interviewed this man. He was 69 years old, a retired military officer, and had a very um, interesting, flamboyant life in a way of, of very dramatic things happening. He remembers being in an assembly of souls overlooking earth and each soul had a guide and he heard conversations going on and the guides they were all everyone was in white he called them kimonas like white robes and he said it was like on a dirigible looking down overlooking earth so they're they're the helpers they're they're giving guidance and his guide gave him a choice of three couples couple number one number two or number three and this would be a memory of the conception he saw three couples in the act of sexual intercourse in different situations one wealthy family fancy furniture in the bedroom and he he, he can describe all the details of what they look like and etc and the guide says if you're born to this couple your life is going to be really a, a smooth ride, a breeze. Number one. So the guide has information about what the destiny path is going to be. Number two, a more of a middle class situation. And here, they didn't use those words. He was just seeing the scene of the couple and he could see they weren't quite as wealthy and the furniture not as fancy. And in this situation, it'll be pretty, you know, medium, not too bad. And then the third one, now that's that's the kicker here, the third one. What happens in the third one? Well, the third one was a young couple in an old car driving along country road with a little girl about five years old sleeping, sound asleep in the back seat. And the, he, was, they, he witnessed the couple kissing and hugging as they're driving. They didn't get home. The, they pulled off the road and he said they were monkey messing around. Those are the words that 69-year-old man used. And um, they had intercourse there. And the guide said, if you're born to this family, your life will be extremely difficult. It'll be hard to pass God's test. And Rennie said, but won't my reward in the hereafter be greater? Well, yeah, that's true. But that doesn't mean it'll be a piece of cake. He said, that's the one I want. The guide says, are you sure? He gave him three chances to back out. Rennie insisted, that's what I want. Why did he want that? He, that's what he needed for his evolution. He chose that couple. And when he was four years old, his parents were explaining death. They just had a family uh, member die. Aunt, Aunt Susie uh, has gone back. She's with the angels now. We won't be seeing Aunt Susie anymore. They're trying to explain death to this little boy. He didn't say anything, but he remembered, oh, yeah, I know what they're talking about. That's where I came from with the angels and the guides. That's where I came from, and I'll be going back there. And that's what happens at the end of this life. So he didn't say anything to Mama, but he, he understood what death was. He didn't have any problems, no questions. Then when he's seven years old, he finally decides to broach the topic. And he came home from school one day and he said, Mom, was I placed with you and Dad when you were in the front seat of a car? We don't talk about that. That's not decent. 
Okay, that just cut them right off. There, there was a very conservative German family, and um, he, he, he just didn't speak about it again. But the videotape was going on his mind. He could see this whole vision of this whole scenario that I just wrote, said to you. And it was on a Sunday afternoon, so it wasn't just any day of the week. They were coming home from church, and they had a ranch outside, outside of San Antonio, Texas, a small ranch. So they were actually on their ranch road. So this really wasn't out in the public where this is 1929 where there's not a lot of cars and out in the, the countryside of, of rural Texas. So, uh, you know, this wasn't, you know, out there in, in, on a public highway or anything. They were on a ranch road. So by the time he's 25 years old, a married man in the military, he said, I, I've got to find out. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe there's some nuts, you know, bolts loose up in my brain. You know, why do I have these memories? Nobody else talks about this. I am going home and talking to mom and dad and getting the record straight. So he sits mom and dad down and says, do you remember where I was conceived? And mother says, well, son, that's over 25 years ago. How could I remember that? Well... What if I supply some details? Could you confirm them? Uh-oh. <laughs> she turns to the husband and they're starting to blush. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Was it in the front seat of that 1919 Overland car? The mother turns to the father. Gosh, you haven't been talking to this boy, have you? <laughs> no, Lola, you're no, I'm not going to talk about that. And then he gives all the details about the little sister in the back of sleeping and the mother had turned around to be sure she was sound asleep. And the parents were extremely embarrassed, red in the face. And this is not our only um, encounter with this type of memory of conception where the parents confirm and are absolutely shocked. So that's a big answer to your question. You're asking about the guides, but it yes. kind of, I expanded on. So the guides have, we could say maybe they have computers up there and they can yeah. see the different life paths and trajectories and which way it would go with this couple or that couple. And they've got some picked out for the particular soul and they they decide. So there are people with these memories of being up in this uh, heavenly world and these um, guides pull up computer screens. So they've got advanced computers far beyond what we have on earth but you know we now know about computers over the last you know 30 40 years on earth but they've got computers that can look down on earth and they can you know project you know different scenarios for a person's life and so you know some people described actually mixing you know like a movie creating a movie okay and of course in hollywood they do this all the time mm -hmm. they've got uh, big uh, supercomputers and they're you know looking at what scenes they might have you know to go into the movie and does that answer your question thank you thank you does that <laughs> yes it does i've got another i've got my brain's just thinking of so does that mean our life is pre-planned no there it, there's certain things that are plan like he chose the most difficult path right Rennie chose number three the most difficult path he didn't choose every detail in that path but the basic flavor and of 
of course, we can grow and overcome some of these things and be stronger. He had the greatest sense of humor. He said, I'm 10 steps ahead of everybody else. They had no idea they chose their parents. I know I chose my parents. I chose my life. And uh, that gave him a freedom and and just, uh, just helped him relax more. And it, it was quite a thrill to interview him because he told so many humorous stories about how he dealt with very difficult situations and just flipped them around. Yeah, I mean, what a blessing. Or some people could say it's a curse. People talk about when we're born, the veil is put upon us. We don't remember home, where we've come from. Why do you think this is? The majority of people don't remember. Well, it varies. I mean, we've definitely met, you know, uh, adults who do carry lifelong memories, like this uh, Renny Biker. Uh, we met a young lady from California in her 30s now, Elizabeth Mitchell, and uh, she recalls uh, being miscarried by her mother and then making the choice again on the other side to come back to the same uh, couple. And that was their first child. And then she told her mother about, you know, well, I was in your tummy twice. Okay, the first time I, I went down the drain, it was a miscarriage. And the second time she came out like a zipper in a C-section. So <laughs> she is phenomenal. Even, even in her 30s now, Elizabeth has all of these remarkable memories. And so there are a few people that seem to carry these memories throughout their life. Okay. Uh, but then, yes, most of the children... Uh, reaching, you know, five, six, seven, eight, the, the, the veil is coming down. Maybe they don't have a need for these memories and they might get ridiculed by their parents, by their siblings, their school system, the churches. So there's a lot of um, kind of, uh, you know, brainwashing. Uh, you know, it's taken us years of studying and and um, talking to a lot of people and realizing that, gee, these memories are buried inside of us. And, um, you know, you will start to remember some of these things. But, yeah, most people don't. Although we, again, meet people who say, well, you know, I have a memory of kind of being born or, you know, being in the crib uh, because for a long time, the uh, medical profession has said that, you know, children aren't supposed to have their memories starting to work until around the age of two. And that's pretty that's out the window. Uh, that, that's just not accurate anymore. And that's because they thought part of the brain wasn't adequately developed to uh, record these memories. But, oh, the, 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 the brain, uh, if, the, if it's a pretty normal, healthy child at birth, you know, eight, nine months in there, uh, it's basically videotaping everything around it as soon as it comes out. It's, it's audio recording everything. Uh, and, and then later, some of these kids can start pulling, accessing that information. But it's, it's in all of us. But we do notice that most newborn babies are very, if they're not too traumatized, they will express a lot of bliss in their laughter and their giggles. And so one view about all their bliss is it could be that uh, the top of the brain is not completely, the skull is not completely sealed. And that they might be, you know, like thinking, well, I'm, I'm in heaven. They might, that they might be thinking that they're still in heaven rather than being in a human body. Okay. Which they have to learn about. Um, so, but they do giggle a great deal and laugh and laugh and, 
uh, you know, the medical profession has tried to say, oh, it's just gas, but we, we don't think so at all. We think the babies are filled with bliss uh, about, you know, who they are, but they can't speak um, and put it into words and communicate that. So, you know, by the time they do start to speak, they've learned to sort of, uh, you know, watch what they say, because this world is, is not the heavenly realm they came from. Well, thank you so much for answering that. You spoke before about God's test. I mean, are, are, are we on a test? Why are we here? That's a good question. <laughs> I'll let Neil go for that one. Okay, Neil, you get the hard one. <laughs> well, it's kind of a spiritual journey that we have. And it may last a long time, 60, 70, 80, 100 years or it might only last a few months, okay? Some uh, beings uh, want to just be in the womb a few months and then miscarry, um, or maybe they're not ready yet, or mom's not ready. Uh, some might live a few years after birth. So um, uh, we're on a journey and we can come and experience uh, this journey uh, many times. And maybe on other worlds, on other planets, uh, we hear this kind of report from some of the children. And um, so uh, we are on a journey that we've been sent on by the, uh, the creator or God, whatever you choose to call it. And ultimately, then what we do hear from people is that then at some point they return to the source. They go home. And they're not going to be um, incarnating uh, in the uh, human world anymore. And so there are, you know, like a lot of uh, people, thousands, millions of people who've had near-death experiences. And, and, and uh, most of them want to uh, go home and stay there. Um, so, um, you know, that, that's kind of, so we're on a spiritual journey here on Earth. Elizabeth and Neil, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Well, we invite people to come to Facebook. We have uh, a lot of posts that have all these sorts of memories on them. One is for the Cosmic Cradle, uh, Spiritual Dimensions of Life Before Birth. So they can read more about the adult angle of it, the adults who carry these memories beyond their childhood. Then Babies Are Cosmic, Signs of Their Secret Intelligence. That's our more recent book. And there we focus a lot on the children who have these memories and are recording them, whether it's, you know, all the pre-birth memories and the past life memories. Also, there's a YouTube channel where I've done some of the stories uh, and you can hear me reading some of the stories or telling some of the stories. And um, so that's good. We have our websites, babiesarecosmic.com, cosmiccradle.com. So there's no shortage to uh, find us. Just Google on the on your internet and, and you'll find um, the books available everywhere. Um, and we encourage people to read about this very uh, untouched subject. It's, it's really a, a rare aspect and a very important life, part of our, each of our lives. 
Well, and I will put a link below in the show notes. Elizabeth and Neil Carmen, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And um, I'm so honored to have you on Passion Harvest. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, Every day, may you be more and more passionate.